How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thanks for tuning back into Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Brian Peacock. You can follow me at BD Peacock. Subscribe, rate, review the show. We're on iTunes. We're on Audio Boom. You can find me via email, lockedon49ers at gmail.com. If you want to become a sponsor to Locked On 49ers, email me. LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. Today, well, there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff happening over the weekend, some news and some audio actually that popped up. And I kind of wanted to get into wide receivers more this week, looking at free agency, looking at the draft, and we are going to do that. We will have Chris Biederman on hopefully this week and possibly talking to one of the guys from Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, John Ledyard, later on in the week to get into some of this draft stuff. But uh, there was a Kyle Shanahan interview on KNBR after I posted the show on Friday. And so I wanted to get some of that. There's some good cuts in that. Some other stuff from Tim Kawakami, the TK show. He had Jason Reed on, a Washington, former Washington Redskins beat writer. He now works for the Undefeated. He had some really good insight on Kirk Cousins. And then uh, hear from Matt Miller as well, who was on a podcast uh, talking about you know, what he thinks about Kyle Shanahan and his offense and who he might like as a prospect. So uh, kind of sleuthing around here to kind of get inside Kyle Shanahan's head today and see what kind of a player he's looking for and and maybe see what kind of odds there are with these free agents, with these uh, players in the draft, like we just heard him say up at the top. They, there's a lot of different ways they can go, free agency draft and via trade to find themselves a quarterback. One quick bit of NFL news first is the rare NFL player-for-player swap over the weekend. Miami traded offensive tackle Brandon Albert to Jacksonville for tight end Julius Thomas. Uh, Looks like both guys signed not too long ago and a little bit high-priced and were candidates to be cut from their respective teams, so uh, they just traded them instead. And the interesting part of this deal is it actually puts Julius Thomas and Adam Gase back together in Miami now. Uh, They did big things in Denver when Gase was offensive coordinator, albeit with Peyton Manning at quarterback, Uh, But I wonder if they could uh, rekindle a little bit of magic. Julius Thomas and Adam Gase back together in Miami. And if there's time, I do want to talk a little bit about my 49ers shadow draft. Something I've been doing since 2013. Uh, I have been drafting along with the 49ers. When the 49ers are on the clock, I'm on the clock. It's my pinned tweet on Twitter right now. And um, I've gone through and, and added the pro football reference approximate value to each draft pick. And I think it's very clear that I outdrafted Trent Baalke, actually, in these shadow drafts. And uh, it was a pretty fun process for me to do some of these. I'm going to be doing it again this year. Uh, but I was kind of blown away and humbled a little bit that I was a- actually, I think, clearly uh, better at drafting a uh, scouting department of one over here than Trent Baalke over the last few years. If we can get to that today, we'll talk about it. If not, I'll mention it later next week. And, and you guys can grade it with me because I want you guys to believe when I'm talking about some of these prospects that I do know a little bit about what I'm talking about when it comes to the draft. Let's get to it and, and let's hear from the man himself Kyle Shanahan and the importance of the quarterback position. 
we discuss every position, but quarterback's always the most important. Um, we're looking at every facet right now, and we're looking at the guys that we had on our roster last year, trying to get a very good feel for them. Um, we're also looking at options that are going to be out there in free agency. You look at free agency, and then you look at options for trading. Everybody knows people that are talking about being available for trading, so we look into all those guys. and. Before you make any decisions on that also, especially when you have the second pick in the draft, you better know what quarterbacks are going to be available there. So we're looking at those people also. And it's not like you can come in just one day and look at all those scenarios. I mean, it takes me in order to feel good about a quarterback. I need to spend a lot of time on them. And it's not always the first time you watch them. You might come back in the next day and watch the same stuff and feel a little bit different. So you got to keep doing it over and over again. It's too important of a decision just to make an impulsive move. KMBR.com, download that whole interview. Murph and Mack did a great job talking with uh, Kyle Shanahan, his first appearance there on the on the leader. And by the way, I will be appearing on the leader today with Matt Kolsky. He's filling in for Fitz and Brooks. I believe I'm going to be on there noon to three at some point talking 49ers football with the great Matt Kolsky. The number one thing I took away from this interview is that he is nowhere near making a decision on a quarterback or any other position, really, for that matter. Here, They still have so much evaluation to do. Uh, they're late into the process. They're evaluating their own roster. And then you got to evaluate free agents first. Free agent period starts before the draft does. And then after the combine, they're really going to start looking at all the draftable players. And so uh, it's going to be an interesting process. But uh, since we can't really get too much from him on specific players he likes right now, uh, we can kind of get some clues from from what he's saying, what people that have been around him before are saying about what he might like and, you know, use our own common sense and into what would be probably the kind of player he wants at quarterback for the 49ers going into the future. They asked him about forcing a quarterback at pick number two. The most important thing is to get a good player who's going to play for you for a long time. And that's as simple as it gets. Everybody wishes and hopes you can take that quarterback who's going to be there and be your franchise guy for the next 15 years. And, but that's just what you hope for. You can't, you can't make, you don't draft people just based off what you hope. You got to draft people based off of what you truly believe is the right answer. And not, no one has all the right answers. Um, there's nothing that's going to guarantee that you're going to be right. Um, but to me, you got to think very clearly. And what I mean by that is you can't, you can't hope for stuff and just wish things to happen. You got to look at the, each situation differently. Um, you got to see what's available. If there is a quarterback there that we believe um, can match that criteria and we believe he can be a franchise quarterback for us, then of course you don't hesitate on that. But if, if you don't see that and there's other good players, if there's a pass rusher, if there's a linebacker, if there's a O lineman, whatever it is, you, you need to get the best player possible who you think will help your team for the next ten years. And I really like what he said there about about getting it right and. Really, that's the most important thing in the draft. You start looking at needs like, oh, we don't need that. Oh, he's not a perfect scheme fit. If there's a great player there, a perennial all-pro player, uh, no matter what you have on the roster, get it right. Draft the right players. So from that sense, some of the stuff where you're where you're talking about a need and all this can kind of go out the window. you got to draft good players. you got to get it right, like the Cowboys in 2016 in the draft. And even if it was by accident, the Dallas Cowboys had an amazing draft. They tried to draft two other quarterbacks and kind of settled on Dak Prescott, and he ended up becoming the guy. And, and they look like geniuses, but they tried to get uh, they tried to get Connor Cook around earlier and trade up, and the Raiders got him first. They tried to get Paxton Lynch in the first round; they weren't able to trade up and and secure him. Uh, they drafted a running back number four overall, a running back in the top five, which these days is just a complete no no. Uh, they drafted a, a linebacker in the second round that may never play again, just a gruesome knee injury, and, and I don't know what. 
the rehab looks like for Jalen Smith. He was a superstar in college and looked like he's going to be a really good NFL player. Uh, but a brutal knee injury there. So uh, there, there's so much unknown with the draft. But the number one key is if you think you've got a player there, no matter what the position, get it right. And then things are going to turn out great on the back end. So don't force needs. And uh, and I like what he said there. Um, but at the same time, if you do see a quarterback, that position is so important. If you see a guy, you just don't hesitate. You know, if you like a guy enough to draft him at pick six, then you like him enough to draft him at pick two. You know what I mean? So there's no... I mean, you're nitpicking there. If a quarterback is good enough to go top 10, he's good enough to go. And so if you like a quarterback that much, you got to pull the trigger. And then he went a little bit further on quarterbacks. It's too important of a decision just to make an impulsive move. Uh, when you make a decision on a quarterback, you, you you don't want that to be just a short-term fix. You want to make a commitment to somebody. And in order to do that, you better make sure you're on the same page with everyone else. You've put the time in. Um, you've talked to people who have been with these guys. And there's a lot that goes into it. So, um you know, coaching, free agency, the draft, our own players, um, the importance of the quarterback position. You know, we, you talk about the hours of a coach and stuff, and that's that's why it all ends up adding up. One of the things when he says no short-term fix, that it, it makes me think that someone like Colin Kaepernick might not be in the cards because uh, he wants some. He wants to bring in his guy. He wants to bring in someone who's long-term, whether it's Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, one of the players in the draft, uh, he wants his guy. He wants his guy to be here for a while when he makes that decision. So limping along with sort of a lame duck quarterback, someone who's already on the roster, it doesn't sound like Colin Kaepernick is in his plans when he's when he's speaking that way. And then another player like Tyrod Taylor, someone we talked about on the show last week, you know, he would have to really love Tyrod Taylor. And if they're going to sign a free agent quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, he would be saying, look, this is my guy. We're going to hitch our wagon to Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be the guy because you're 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 signing him to be a starter at least for a year or two years. And so if you're doing something like that, you're just kind of setting yourself back a couple of years and you're saying, "Oh, well, you know, we'll worry about this position maybe later." And then when it does come to free agency, if they don't pull off a trade and they do sign someone like Matt Schaub or Brian Hoyer, now you're talking about a pretty obvious stopgap veteran player that would be brought in to help teach a young quarterback, someone that they do draft. So those are some of the clues I'm looking at. And I do want to get to some really interesting stuff that I heard from Jason Reed, the former Washington beat writer, now writes for The Undefeated. He was with Tim Kawakami on the TK show, and I've got a couple of short clips there from, from that show. It's another good list, and you should go download the TK show with Tim Kawakami. And Jason Reed knows the Shanahans very well. He had this to say about Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan. The Redskins can shut everything down. If the Redskins would offer Kirk Cousins the exact contract he wants down to the last penny uh, in terms of the guaranteed money and the, the, the average and the length, I, I think he stays in Washington. But all indications are that that's not where the Redskins, uh, that's not where their thinking is on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know, they tagged, him, they, they, they tagged him last year at like 19.95 million, 4 million. The, the thinking is they're going to tag him this year at 23.95. I definitely think that Kyle would want Kirk because Kyle was a big reason that, that the Redskins drafted Kirk. After the Redskins took Robert Griffin III, Mike Shanahan like made it clear, like, okay, you, you, the ownership had the guy they wanted, so Shanahan wanted someone that, that, that Kyle really wanted, that Kyle could work with, and Kyle stood on a table for Kirk and Kyle kept telling them, look, this is the guy, this is the guy. Even when 
Griffin had that great first year, Kyle, even at that point, was like, look, this guy's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. And I, I thought he was crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought the guy was out of his mind. So I, I say all that to say that I definitely think if Kirk Cousins uh, had been a free agent this offseason, that Kyle Shanahan would make a beeline to him. And Kirk Cousins thinks a lot of Kyle Shanahan. They have a very good relationship. Kyle has always believed in him. He knows that. So I think if, if Kirk Cousins was not contractually bound to anyone, he would be, I think, in San Francisco. I think that's a very, you know, the odds are very good on that. So I think by now it's no secret that Kyle Shanahan really does like uh, Kirk Cousins, and this might be a very simple situation if, if Kirk Cousins didn't have the franchise tag looming over him. One of the things that that's kind of crazy about what Jason Reed just said there was RG3 was kind of undermined from the start. I mean, and it makes a lot of sense when Jed York wants his GM and his head coach to be on the same page. Because can you imagine trading all that stuff up to the number two pick in the draft to draft a quarterback that uh, that your coaching staff doesn't even want? I mean, that's insane. That's complete insanity. They're over here saying, oh, we actually like this mid-round pick better and he's going to be the better player and he's going to end up starting. And of course, that's what ends up happening because the coaching staff is in charge of the roster and in charge of the team. Um, and that just blows my mind. That's that, that that's pretty unbelievable situation. And there was sort of uh, rumors of a, a toxic situation there with Mike Shanahan and Robert Griffin there in Washington. And just what a terrible situation. I, I don't know how you could make that big of a decision for your franchise, a franchise altering decision and get it that wrong and, and muck it up that badly because, uh, I don't know. It's just <laughs> what a horrible situation. It's not surprising what happened in Washington and, and all that stuff blew up. And, uh, you know, everybody was gone in that regime. Uh, Reed went on to talk about uh, if, if he thought it made sense for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers to trade for Kirk Cousins. In terms of whether or not Kyle is going to try to trade for him, uh, San Francisco has, I think, the, the number two overall, right? Yes, number two overall. Okay, number two overall. I can't, I mean, I, again, pure speculation on my part, but I, I, I can't see them trying to giving up the number two overall pick for a quarterback who, if the Redskins tag Cousins this year, the likelihood is they're not going to tag him again next year. Mm-hmm. So if, if, that's a, if that's a place that Kyle wants to go, and I think it would be a place that he wants to go, why wouldn't you just wait it out a year? I mean, it's not like Kyle's on a two-year contract with a third-year team option. He's got six years. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I think he could. I think he can give this thing a little time, even if it's another season, and just wait it out. I've heard some people talk about the waiting it out idea, and I mean that makes sense right there. And in, in if Kirk Cousins does play under the franchise tag this year, there's a good chance he's going to be gone. But it's also dangerous to to put all your eggs in that basket and pass on a complete quarterback class thinking you're going to get a guy the, the next year and, and, you know, who knows what happens. Maybe um, Cousins, you know, has other suitors. I mean, if he's a free agent, he could go to any other number of teams. Uh, it's not a guarantee that he's going to come over to the 49ers and play for Kyle Shanahan. It's just dangerous. It's sort of like the idea that, that some people have said, oh, the 2018 quarterback class is going to be better than the 2017 quarterback class because you just don't know. I mean, people this time last year had – Deshaun Watson going at number one in the 2017 draft class and, and said he was going to be better than Goff and, and Wentz. And, you know, Goff and Wentz weren't even a thought of as one and two picks in the draft at this time last year either. So it's 
it's a little bit dangerous to look that far ahead. If you think there might be a guy that you really like in this draft, you can't just go through and wait and wait and wait and, and expect something to happen a year down the road in a certain way. That being said, just like Kyle Shanahan said before, the smart thing to do is also not force it. But eventually, you've got to make a decision, and you've got to get a quarterback in, and you've got to have a long-term quarterback, or the franchise is just going to continue to flounder. So about the draft and about what kind of a quarterback Kyle Shanahan might like, uh, draft Nick and draft guru for Bleacher Report, Matt Miller, had some insights from uh, scouts he's talked to that are familiar with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, well, Kyle, you know, is, is obviously coming from the system that his, his dad established, and it's that outside zone running scheme. It's a lot of West Coast elements in the passing game because Mike was under Bill Walsh and, and you know, part of that system in San Francisco uh, in the 90s when they were so successful. So you're really taking two of the most successful offensive philosophies and marrying them together with the, the zone uh, schemes up front in the run game and then those West Coast elements in the passing game. And so what I know about Kyle is very aggressive, super intelligent. Um, he's not always the nicest guy if you're <laughs> his quarterback. And there have been a lot of reports about that, that he expects, uh, you know, someone who's committed. He expects work ethic and it's somebody who's really dialed in. So uh, I, I think that, you know, and I, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. I talked to a, a rival GM about what will they, what will Kyle want? And he said, you know, the most important thing is he's going to want someone with a high football IQ because his offense is very wordy. There's a lot to spit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've you got to get in the huddle and, and get these play calls out and get to the line of scrimmage pretty quickly. So I, I think football intelligence is going to be high on the list, but leadership, you know, accuracy, it's not like it's a downfield offense. You know, it's right. a lot of timing routes. Uh, so arm strength isn't the most important thing, but accuracy, timing, anticipation, uh, those are all huge. So who does Matt see? as a fit in the draft for that offense? I would say right now it's Mitch Trubisky. Just based on what I know about that offense, what I know about John Lynch and, and Kyle, and then, uh, you know, we're, we're a couple months out, so I, I, it's very early to say, like, how I definitively know these quarterbacks. But right. what I know about them thus far, I do think that, that Trubisky fits that model most. And if you think back to, like, if your listeners are, are old like me, they can remember those 49er offenses and those Denver offenses and even some of what Kyle did in Washington and in Cleveland and tried to do with Matt Ryan, he likes to move the pocket. Now, he doesn't have to be a great runner, but they want to be able to move the pocket and execute boots, rollouts, play action. Trubisky does that very well. He throws well on the run. He's a guy I've compared to Derek Carr throughout this whole process, and and Carr's a good mover. Now, not a a guy you're going to do a lot of defined runs for, but you can move the pocket. You can cut the field in half with him. So I think with Watson, you know, the the lack of accuracy is going to be a big question mark. And you know, there's there's a lot of buzz out there in, in the scouting community that, you know, that Clemson offense is kind of dumbed down and, and maybe his football IQ isn't real high. I, I think Deshaun Kaiser would be an intriguing guy because of the, you know, Notre Dame pedigree. Uh, everyone I've talked to says, you know, he's kind of a quiet, humble kid, but he's very, very – smart on the field and and could be you know with his arm strength like gosh there's a a whole lot you can do with that if you are able to coach him up a little bit some great insight from matt miller there that was on the draft rap podcast very interesting comp that matt miller had for mitch trubisky there and uh, you know as you know if you listen to this show mitch trubisky is is my favorite quarterback in this class uh, thus far through the process and 
interesting Derek Carr, and I definitely see it from you know from a physical perspective. And, and I, I kind of tried to comp Mitch Trubisky to Aaron Rodgers as a prospect, and, and I will say that again when I comp. Uh, Mitch Trubisky to Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking about as a prospect coming out of Cal, not the fully developed Hall of Fame quarterback that Aaron Rodgers has become in Green Bay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like that comp from Derek Carr, and, and those are great comps. And So uh, a lot to like about Mitch Trubisky. He might not match up just – he might not wow you completely physically, but it's that anticipation. Uh, he throws with accuracy. It's the release. that He's got a good arm. He's athletic. And from all accounts, he's really got it going on upstairs. And, and when it comes down to playing quarterback in the NFL, uh, the number one thing to bet on is what's going on from the neck up when it comes to these quarterback prospects. And now that I say that, one thing that does worry me is what happens a lot with coaches and 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 GMs and especially coaching staffs. And, and like with this staff, they're going to go into the combine not knowing a lot about these college quarterbacks. And what happens when you go to the combine? You see them walk around in shorts. They weigh in. Um, it's a meat locker and, you know, the underwear Olympics, you see him run around in shorts and, you know, throw not against schemes, not against defenses. And that's the kind of place where, you know, the, the big strapping guys, the, the cannon arms start to, uh, start to rise and sometimes get overdrafted. And I think Kyle Shanahan and, you know, and, and I respect some of the guys that they brought in, in the, uh, scouting department and stuff like that. So I, I'm not too worried about it, but you know, that kind of thing can happen when someone jumps in on the scouting process at the combine and you hope they don't fall in love with the wrong guy uh, just because, you know, he looks like Adonis. So if you had to guess, and my guess would be that the Kyle Shanahan would love to get Kirk Cousins in here. And, you know, I think he likes Jimmy Garoppolo, too, and they're, they're going to take some big trade packages. So uh, when it comes to that, uh, those are easy decisions if you don't have to give up much. But you're talking about big time contracts. You're talking about moving Picks, multiple picks, possibly very high picks. I really do not think the number two pick is at all involved in a trade unless it's something where you're kind of moving down and you're still staying in the first round. And when it comes to the draft, I completely agree with Matt Miller. I mean, it's the guy who makes the most sense, the guy who fits with the scheme, the guy uh, who I like the best anyway is Mitch Trubisky. So uh, that's where I'm at with, with the quarterback position there. Uh, and I, I don't think my mind's going to change too much. I don't see anything happening at the combine that would make me really jump off of Trubisky unless he comes in with just like you know really tiny hands and um, you know gets busted for you know cocaine and hookers or whatever. Like I don't know what he could do to really make me get off him as the as the top quarterback in this draft. Again, uh, my ranking for the quarterbacks. I think there's four clear quarterbacks that could go high as high as round one. It's in order, it's Trubisky, Deshaun Watson. And then Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Kaiser are very close at three and four there. And I think I would feel much better about them in the second round than the first. And when it comes to Pat Mahomes, I liked him a lot more when I thought he was going to be a third round draft pick. I was like, okay, that'd be, that'd be an awesome third round pick. And then people are talking about him at the end of the first round. Now, similar with uh, Corey Davis, my favorite wide receiver, I think in this draft, I think he definitely has surpassed Mike Williams for me as far as wide receivers go. And, you know, and I was really loving him when I thought he's gonna be a second round pick. Now it's looking like he might have, to spend a top 10 pick to get a guy like that. So uh, thus goes the draft. And uh, I do want to talk about a scenario because there is I, there is a quick turnaround scenario I could see happening for the 49ers. And it's not all that likely, but it would involve the Cousins-Garoppolo scenario. You know, you're packaging trades. It would probably have to involve a future first-round pick and not a current first-round pick because you would need that number two pick 
uh, to leverage for some other things. It would also take dipping into free agency. You'd have to give out a couple big contracts. You'd have to give out a quarterback contract, and the 49ers have plenty of money to do any of this. Uh, They'd have to give out that quarterback contract to either Cousins or Garoppolo. Keep that second pick in this draft. Work a package around a future first-round pick and you know maybe some other mid-round picks this year. And However they have to do that, if they were to get Cousins or Garoppolo, that'd be part of the quick turnaround scenario. Then you've got wide receiver, either Alshon Jeffrey or Terrell Pryor in free agency. I think Alshon Jeffrey would be a perfect fit if you were to pair him across from a guy like Torrey Smith. Alshon Jeffrey would very much be in the Anquan Bolden mode, you know, bigger bodied receiver. He can move the chains. He can also do some things down the field because he's very good at the catch point. Uh, He'd be a little bit redundant when it came to the draft with uh, someone like Mike Williams, but he'd be a perfect fit with Corey Davis. So imagine that. Imagine that transformation of the wide receiving core. If you were able to hold on to that number two pick, maybe trade down a little bit, get a little, uh, a little bit of extra value for that number two pick draft Corey Davis in the first round. Sign Alshon Jeffrey. Now you're talking about a dynamic wide receiving core with a veteran quarterback, and it's really completely doable scenario. Um, I don't know if it's the most likely scenario, but it would be something that that, that would be a quick turnaround. Uh, in free agency, Brandon Williams, nose tackle, Don Terry Poe. Those would definitely be players that would absolutely help this defense immensely in the run game right away. Uh, and they need a nose tackle no matter what. So they, they have to get somebody in there in free agency and possibly the draft as well. Linebacker Dante Hightower would be another a target if you're looking to, to to win right away and try to turn this thing around quickly. I think he fits actually in this scheme as a strong side linebacker, the auto guy, because he's big bodied. He can definitely set the edge. Uh, he can move inside, play some inside linebacker if Bo was to not come all the way back from his injury. Uh, but I like him on the strong side. He can set the edge. Uh, he can cover a little bit. He can definitely stuff the run and he can rush the quarterback a little bit. Actually, I think he's more of a, he'd be like a younger, lighter you know, a little bit more athletic version of Ahmad Brooks. Uh, when he came over, he was a middle linebacker when he started out his career and kind of moved over to an edge guy. But imagine that scenario. Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Davis, Torrey Smith is your wide receiving core. You've got Cousins or Garoppolo throwing to them. Uh, in the second round of the draft, then you could attack maybe an edge player like Tim Williams as a pass rusher. Uh, if you didn't get a linebacker in free agency, you go Hassan Reddick in the second round maybe. If you want to go someone like Reuben Foster as a linebacker in the first round or Mike Williams at wide receiver, you could go uh, John Ross in the second round. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is going to end up being more of a third rounder. So, you know, there are some wide receivers in this draft. There's a lot of guys. Artavis Stewart, Cooper Cup is out there, Zay Jones. So there's there's some players throughout, uh, but you really got to attack that wide receiver position. And I, I would love to see them do something big in free agency there just and especially, I mean, whether it's a, a rookie quarterback coming in, I actually, especially if it's a rookie quarterback coming in, you can't just let him throw to what the 49ers have out there at wide receiver. They have to throw either a very high draft pick or some money and, you know, maybe even both at that position. And we're going to talk more about the wide receiver position coming up later this week. Well, that took a little bit longer than I thought. All right, let's get to the mailbag real quick here before uh, we get out of here for this Monday edition of Locked On 49ers. TJ Hit me up. He said, I think you have to add Nick Foles and Jay Cutler to the 49ers QB option list. You know, TJ, he was on with me last week. We talked draft. We talked quarterbacks. And I purposely have not added them to the list. And I'm not speaking about them on this podcast because I'm hoping they're not options. Uh, Nick Foles doesn't make any sense really to me at all when there are other guys that know Kyle Shanahan's system like Matt Schaub and Brian Hoyer out there that you could bring in, you know, for for 
not a lot of scratch, and they come in and really help this team and help whatever young quarterbacks are brought in. And Jay Cutler, I mean, I get why he's a name, and I get why it's out there, but again, man, they're talking about a quick fix. They're talking about short-term options at QBs, and Jay Cutler's just, you're as soon as you bring him in, you're instantly trying to replace him. And I don't really want any part of that. I'd rather see a rookie struggle. I'd rather just go with no no quarterback this year and, and tank for next year than have Jay Cutler come in and win you two extra games this year. So, um, yeah. Thanks, TJ, for that. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at BD Peacock. That's where you can find me and then send some questions in. Justin, at Smooth702, he said, what are the chances my Niners trade the second pick to the Titans for the 5th and 18th draft picks and take Mike Williams and trade the 18th for Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, that's not a crazy idea. I mean, they're exploring all the options, and I think as fans, your mind can really wander, and the 49ers could do a lot of things. Uh, trading back with the number two pick would make a lot of sense, especially to get value for that pick if you have to add a first-rounder to any sort of a, a veteran quarterback trade. The problem is with this idea is that I just don't think Tennessee will see anybody worth moving up three spots. I mean, you're dropping a mid-first-rounder, the 18th pick, to move up three picks who would you be moving up to get? They've already got their quarterback in Marcus Mariota, so that's usually the thing that people uh, want to pay for. And when you're looking at the uh, NFL draft chart, the old Jimmy Johnson draft chart, the numbers match up perfectly. The, the second pick in the draft is worth 2,600 points. Uh, the fifth is worth 1,700. 18th is worth 900, so exactly 2,600 points. So uh, that makes sense value-wise. That's what the Niners would be asking from the Titans if they wanted to move up. But uh, who would they be moving up for? Reuben Foster, he's got that injury. I, th- I really think Reuben Foster is going to fall down the board a little bit just because I don't see teams willing to draft someone who's not going to have a chance to work out. He's out for four months. He's not going to have a chance to work out. He is one of the best players in the draft, but he's going to fall a little bit because the team that takes him is going to have to have some guts and say, we like this guy just based on the film. We have no workout numbers for him, and we're going to take him. I, I think that there's going to be a few players off the board before teams willing to jump up and do that. The one guy, well, obviously, if Cleveland ends up going quarterback at number one and Miles Garrett falls to number two, then you might see a little bit more trade action at that spot. Um, And obviously, if a team falls in love with the quarterback, that would be it, but it wouldn't be Tennessee. So uh, those are the scenarios. And really, what's funny is this, the 49ers, the the less they want to move out of it is the more they're going to get for that pick. So if Miles Garrett does end up sitting there on the board at number two, you're going to start getting phone calls. But then at the same time, oh, well, wait a second. I mean, you don't want to trade this pick anymore because I think I'd just rather draft Miles Garrett myself. Uh, so that's an interesting scenario. So really, the thing that you really want to happen if you're a 49ers fan is some teams to start falling in love with quarterbacks, including the 49ers, because you want to have someone who's worthy of taking at the number two pick because there's a good chance you're going to have to make a selection there. And who's that going to be? Uh, so... You hope the 49ers fall in love with the quarterback and just say, boom, we got our guy. We drafted him, too. He's the future of our franchise. If not, maybe the Browns fall in love with the guy. Push Miles Garrett down. Uh, You take the best player in the draft there, or you have more value in trade, or another team really wants to get up to number two and get ahead of the New York Jets and get ahead of, you know, Buffalo Bills would be a team that wants to jump up, or, you know, maybe even Cleveland. What if this is a crazy scenario? Uh, You know, the Bears at three. What if Cleveland is sitting there and they're like, well, We're going to take Miles Garrett at one, but we know our quarterback that we really want probably isn't going to get through the 49ers and the Bears and the Jets and the Bills at 10 to get to us at 12. So we better get up. And it's like, well, how far do we go up? What if the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns 
made a deal, and the Browns ended up picking 1-2 in the draft. Uh, I believe that happened before. Didn't the Browns, I think it was the year 2000, the 49ers were picking, uh, was it, they were picking third. They traded back, and I believe the Browns took Courtney Brown first overall and then traded up. See, i got to research this now. Okay, no, I had that right with Courtney Brown. Courtney Brown went number one in 2000 to the Browns. The 49ers traded out of the third pick with the Redskins. Redskins already had the second pick in the draft. Redskins went LeVar Arrington, linebacker out of Penn State, with the second pick. Chris Samuels, offensive tackle out of Alabama with the third pick. 49ers ended up with two first-rounders that year. They took Julian Peterson at pick 16, Ahmed Plummer at pick 24. Everyone thought they were going to take Chad Pennington. He went a couple picks later to the Jets. So yeah, that was pick two and three that Washington had that year thanks to the 49ers. What if the Browns decided to say, screw it, we're just going to win this draft. Uh, They packaged some picks together, and man, they have the picks to package. They went up from 12 to number two with the 49ers. They go Miles Garrett one. They take their favorite quarterback number two and then just say, I'm out. That would be that would be pretty amazing. So uh, that's what you want. You want you want some teams to start falling in love with quarterbacks. And Justin, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's going to happen with Tennessee. Uh, the only player I could see that happening with, with the, the way I think the draft's going to go, as far as the Titans are concerned, is maybe Jonathan Allen, who's probably uh, the second best position player in the draft now that uh, you know Reuben Foster, I think, would be right there with him after Miles Garrett. But Foster's got that injury, I think. Jonathan Allen's going to be the second non-quarterback to go in this draft. Allen, by the way, would be a great fit. You know, as a three technique in the new 49ers defense, if they didn't already spend back-to-back first-round picks on on defensive linemen, uh, it'd be interesting if maybe Eric Armstead was involved in a trade that netted the 49ers a quarterback or or just any other trade. Then all of a sudden at pick number two, Jonathan Allen starts to make a lot of sense as that defensive tackle in the new 49ers defense. So that's another scenario even to think about. One more tweet in the mailbag here. Again, you can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Marco says, I've been reading a lot about people that say they want Trubisky at number two. He said he's super scared about that. Kyle said QB is no priority. He says, I don't even think Trubisky will be there at number two. So uh, Marco thinks that uh, Trubisky might go to his hometown team, the Cleveland Browns, at number one, apparently. Uh, But if he is, what do you honestly think the 49ers will do? And finally, do you think that supposed move will match your preferred player for that pick? Well, if if the Browns go anywhere other than Miles Garrett, I think the 49ers would be ecstatic and jump on Miles Garrett at the second pick unless the team blew him away with the trade. And so that that'd be awesome, but as far as how I think it's going to go down, Miles Garrett won. Uh right now, Mitch Trubisky is by default the best quarterback in the draft. I think he's going to go in the top 10. I think he's going to go in the top 5. Uh and I think he's probably at the end of the day going to be worth the second pick in the draft and I if the draft were today, and there's a lot to go. Uh, I'm going to watch all these quarterbacks again. I've already seen them a couple times. Uh, there's a lot of other players I haven't looked at. but um, uh, And I'm going to look at everybody. We're going to go through this whole process. We're going to learn more about these players through the media. And they have to go through the combine and everything. So it's a long process. But if the draft were today, with everything that I know, Miles Garrett goes one to the Browns, uh, I would draft Mitch Trubisky at number two. And yeah, I get it. It's a scary proposition, drafting a quarterback. You uh, <laughs> you put a lot into that. It, it's a... It can be a franchise winner or a franchise killer, and uh, it's scary. So, um, yeah, very interesting. We'll see how it goes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's going to be it for today. Thanks to everybody who hit me up on Twitter. Again, you can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter. You can email me at LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. And we'll see you tomorrow on Locked On 49ers.
Support for this podcast comes from NetSuite. NetSuite lets you run your business from your phone, so you can see what's going on with your company in real time. Go to netsuite.com slash podcast to get your free guide and find out why NetSuite is the last business system you'll ever need.